All right. Today's daf is daf Membeis, page, page 42, in the Hilgim Seches Nedorim. And we pick up the mission on the very top of daf Membeis, continuing in the halachas of Nedorim. And this is, theme is going to continue until the end of our parak. So, just a few more blot to complete the parak. Here we go. Somebody who forbids benefit to his friend before the Fnei Shvius, before Shemitah. All right? So, I say, Ruvain says he's not allowed to benefit from Shimon, and he says this prior to Shemitah, he's not allowed to benefit. The Allah is in a yard of the Seychs day. Ruvain is not allowed to enter the field of Shimon during Shemitah. He can't even, he can't enter his field. Now, keep in mind, the fruits of Shemitah are Hefker. So we'll see why he can't go down to his field. He's also not allowed to eat from any of the branches that stick outside the field. You might say, what's the problem? It sticks outside the field. The fruits are Hefker. So it's not his friends. It's not considered benefit. And he's not entering the field at all. But as we're going to see, this is a problem as well, which the Gemara will explain as to why he can't even take from the branches that are extending outside the, the field. Uvishvius, let's say the nether was made during Shemitah. Oh. So now nothing at all was under the ownership of his friend at the time he made the nether. You're still not allowed to enter his friend's field. Okay? See soon why. But the branches that go outside the field are going to be okay. Because, I shouldn't say, should I tell you why? Fine, I'll tell you why. Gemara's going to tell us that. But I'll tell you why. The difference is, between the first case and this case, as the Gemara will explain, is that once, so, there, there's a concept that once something is usher, it remains usher. Once it was ever in a state of iser, it remains in a state of iser. Hence, if somebody were to make a vow that he's forbidden to benefit from his friend at all, and now his friend owns fruit, that fruit is forever forbidden, even during Shemitah. However, if I made this, the comment during Shemitah, it never was my friend's in the first place. Hence, if the branches stick outside the field, I'm allowed to eat it. There's no issue at all. So if I made my nether during Shemitah, saying I'm not, I'm not going to benefit from my friend, and there's branches hanging outside of a field that, that if this field wouldn't be Shemitah, it would belong to my friend, I could still eat it, because it was never a Shas Isser. There was never a moment when it was forbidden. Okay, that's going to be the svara. That's going to be the logic over here. Viter, let's continue on in our Mishnah. How about, says the Mishnah, instead of forbidding any type of benefit, he forbids food. He forbids food before Shemitah. Then he is allowed to enter his friend's field. See, when he forbids all benefit, he cannot go down to his friend's field. Tomorrow we'll explain why. But if you only forbids food, you could go down to your friend's field. Standing in your friend's field ain't eaten. You just can't eat the fruit in the field. During Shemitah, you can go down into the field and eat from it as well. Okay? So, beautiful Mishnah, pretty much understandable. I'll tell you where we're lacking in understanding so far. And we'll, the Gemara will help us out with this and make a lot of sense. Uh, with the, uh, of all this, but we don't understand the, what's this whole thing about not going down to your friend's field when um, when it is during Shemitah. It says even during Shemitah you shouldn't go down into your friend's field. 
What's the problem? Because the okay. is still his. Yeah, but you're allowed the to go trees, get it. The trees. You're allowed to go get it, though. Like you're getting hung up by walking on his property. Uh, okay, so Rabbi Ravinsky is giving us the uh, part of the answer we're going to see. And that is, perhaps, just being on the property can become a forbidden benefit. Which the Gemara is going to clarify that. What the Gemara is ultimately going to help us out with is that we're concerned that to go get your fruit is not called benefit. But you might hang out there too long mm-hmm. and that's going to end up being benefit, but that, that'll, uh, we'll focus on that later. Okay, so let's take a step back now. We're up to Gemara. Again, what the Mishnah teaches. Mishnah taught us as follows. If somebody makes a, a vow forbidding benefit completely from his friend, we said, do not go down to the field and you cannot eat, his, you cannot eat fruit even that's sticking outside the field. That's in general. What happens during Shemitah? During Shemitah, you're not allowed to go down to the field, but you may eat from fruits that are hanging out of the field. What happens if he just forbade food? You're always allowed to enter the field. However, if it's not during Shemitah, then, uh, then um, you can't eat the fruit. If it is during Shemitah, you, uh, you could go down to the field and you can even eat the fruit. Because again, it's not his. Fine. Says Gemara, Rabbi Shmuel, will both explain, Nechosim Elu Alecha. If somebody says, these specific Nechosim, this specific property is forbidden on you, okay? Um, so Lefnei Shvi is, if it was made before Shemitah, you can't go down to the guy's field. And you can't eat from the fruits of the, you can't eat from the fruits of the field as well, even the part that goes outside the field. So you could grab it from outside the fence. Even after Shviyas comes, but if he made the the, the pro- prohibition, if he took the vow during Shemitah, then you're not allowed to go down to the field. Again, you might stay too long, as we're going to see soon. You can eat from the fruit. Why? Because it's not your friend's fruit. And it never was. In the state of Isser, because he only made the vow during Shemitah. Fine. That is Rav and Shmuel's opinion. Gishmak works out very well with our Mishnah. There's no issue here. Rav Yechon and Rav Yechon also both hold. If somebody says, My property is forbidden to you, as if it was said before Shemitah, you can't go down to the guy's field. And you're not allowed to eat any fruit as well. Again, what's the logic here? Once it's Usser, Always usher. Once Shviyas comes, they say like this, that that they disagree with the concept that it remains Isser even by Shemitah. Meaning, the, it seems from this, and the Gemara is now going to explain the difference between Rav and Shmuel uh, uh, vis-a-vis Rabbi Yechon and Rish Lakish, and just, let's just notice this outside. In Rabbi Yechon and Rish Lakish's opinion, they're going to say that once Shemitah comes, even if you made your vow prior to Shemitah, you can, you may start eating the fruit. So they must not, agree, they must not be of the opinion that once us are always us are. Rav and Shmuel were of the opinion once us are always us are, and they seem to argue. They say, no, once it's Shemitah and it's not his anymore, you should be okay. Let's explain. Let's say Machlaik says as follows. The Rabbi Shmuel Savri, Rabbi Shmuel both hold other Meister Davar Shabashusai. A person can make something forbidden as long as he owns it. The moment that's no longer his, i.e., it now belongs to the Rabbani Shalalam. It's Hefker, it's ownerless, it's Shemitah. The Allah is, it becomes, it's, um, it's, uh, the Allah is, it remains 
Aser, Afilu Kishyetzi Mershusa. He wanted to leave his domain, it's Aser. Rabbi Yechon Vishtakishari, and Rabbi Yechon and Vishtakishari, the opinion of them, Aser Dabrashab Mershusa, and the Kishyatzer Mershusa. They hold that, no, they hold that actually it's going to become, uh, it's, it's um, going to become Mutter once it's outside of the domain. Okay? Pause. This is very logical. Make sure we're following along again. If I make a vow prior to Shemitah and I pro, and the, uh, through a nether, I prohibit the food. Once Shemitah comes, is it now permitted or not? Do I say that once it's usher under his ownership, it remains usher forever? Or do I say that no, it's only usher while it's under his ownership. And the moment it's no longer his ownership, like Shemitah, it's now going to be allowed. That's the Machlekas, Rab and Shmuel versus, we'll call it, Rabbi Yechinon and Reish Lakish. Ask the Gemara, one second. According to Reish Lakish, the prohibition falls off. Now, but Tizbra, is that logical? Me, Glaman Damar, is anyone who can hold. A person cannot ask for something once it leaves his domain, Imkain, if that's Taka, their opinion, they should have argued when somebody says, these Nechassim, this property, and I will say, certainly, it's going to be also when he says, my property. In other words, the Gemara is asking that. Uh, you know, according to Rabbi Yechonon and Rishlokish, that once it leaves your domain, it's mutter, there's no iser, they should have said that. They should have said that. If, that, if that's the, their whole point that they're coming to teach, they should have said, Nechasai, as long as it's my Rishos, then it's going to be Aser. But once it's not Nechasai, once it's not mine, it should be mutter. Vesu and Feter Mor, Furthermore, a person can forbid something even when it's no longer under his domain. Now that's a chiddush, right? Because I can affect something under my ownership. How can I affect something once it's under your ownership? He says, no, a person can impact that. How do you know that? The tanan? Because we learned in a Mishnah, a person says to his son, I am taking an expression of a vow. You cannot benefit from me. He tells his son, father tells his son, you cannot benefit from me. I, I forbid you. Guess what happens? Mace, as soon as the old man passes away, Yerusheno, the son can still inherit him. Because again, what the father say? You will not benefit from me. When it's in my, with me means as long as my possession. A person doesn't own anything once they're dead. Right? So uh, it now goes over to the son and there's no prohibition. Um, but what if the father says, I am forbidding you to benefit from me, both when I'm walking planet Earth, and also when I'm walking on planet Gan Eden, he says, clearly I'm, I'm prohibiting you uh, always, top of Amad Beis, in Mace, if the father were to pass away, he cannot, uh, he cannot inherit him. What does that seem to imply? That a person, the father, can create a prohibition on something even when it's no longer his property. So why? How could Rav Yechinon and Reish Lakish argue on this? You understand the question? This is very gishmak, very clear, very straightforward. Rav Yechinon and Reish Lakish are of the opinion: when something is in my domain, I can prohibit you from benefiting from it. The moment I no longer have control, I can't say it's also for you to benefit from. Ask the Gemara, but when a father passes away, if the father had said, even after I die, it remains Aser. I, it's not his, how could you do that? Because he ushered it when he was able to ushered it, when something is Aser, then it remains Aser. You said that earlier. 
That was Rav and Shmuel. Right. Rav Reichel and Shagash, I don't agree with that. So the Gemara says, Shiny Hacha, the Ka'amar Lebechayav Maisei. Says Gemara, maybe you'll tell me. The father said specifically, I'm prohibiting even when I'm dead. To which the Gemara responds, doesn't matter. How could the father say that? Doesn't matter what he says. The question is whether that statement could work. Right? Just because the father said it, if it's not a, if it's not a halachic statement, and it doesn't have halachic validity, why is it valid according to Rabbi Yechon Rish We shouldn't follow that statement. So answers the Gemara like this. Ready? Ella, rather, here's the case. If the person who wants to prohibit says these possessions, then there's no argue. There's no argument. There's nobody arguing over here. Okay. Now, what, what do you mean? Nobody arguing? Everybody's going to say that it's once usher, always usher. Keep pleagi. Even Rabbi Yechon Rishlakish will agree with that concept to Rav and Shmuel, like Rabbi Ravinsky was saying before. Keep pleagi. Where is there a machlekes like this? Benichosai. The guy taking the vow says, "My possessions are usher to you." So now here's the trick. Here's the deal. Here's the my possessions are usher to you. What does that mean? So Rav and Shmuel Savri, there's no difference whether he says these possessions or my possessions. Adam Usr. Once Usr, always Usr. That was Rav and Shmuel. However, Rabbi Yechon Yishlakish Sabri, Rabbi Yechon Yishlakish say no. Nechasim Adam Aiser. Nechasai ain't Adam Aiser. What they say is like this. If somebody says, my property, my possessions are Usr on you, guess what? The moment it's not your possession, that thing, that iser falls off. Why? Because you have to follow the entire statement. The entire statement was, my possessions. Well, it ain't yours. If now when you died and your son inherits it, or you sell it to somebody else, or you give it as a matana, it was usher on the other guy. It was prohibited. But, they, but you said, my possessions. So Rabbi Yechon say, you only say, we only agree that something remains prohibited if you say these possessions are always usher. But if you say my possessions are usher, the moment it leaves mine, as soon as you lose that word, it's now going to be permitted for that person to benefit from again. Is, it, is there really an opinion that there's no discrepancy, there's no difference in halacha between a person saying these possessions are my possessions? Of course there's going to be a difference. Think about it, think logically. Are you focusing on the fact that it's these, or are you focusing on the fact that I own it, that it's mine? It says the Gemara of Atanan. But we learned in our Mishnah, somebody says to his buddy, Kainam, I am making a Kainam, prohibiting I am prohibiting myself from ever uh, entering your house. I will not go into your house. Okay. Or, I take a vow, I will never buy your field. Mace, now, the guy who owned the field, the guy who owned the house, kicks the bucket. 
or he sells the field to Shmerel. So now, Mutter, the one who said, I'm not going to walk into your house, or I'm not going to buy your field, can now walk into that house, because Shmerel's living in the house, not the other guy. I said, I'm not going to walk into your house. I never said, I'm not walking into this house. I said, I'm never going to buy your field. I never said, I'm going to buy this field. So if you sell it to somebody else, I could buy it from, from Shmerel. But let's say I make a vow and I say I make a vow I will never walk into this house. So the zoo I will never buy this field. Then so then Taka it's always usher to enter that house because you said I will never enter this house or I will never purchase this field. It doesn't matter who owns it. So ask the Gemara. You see this is a Mishnah. This is this is Tanoyim. So you see a very clear straightforward Psak Mishnah, that there certainly is a difference between somebody saying my stuff or this stuff. Hence, we have a question on Rav and Shmuel, because Rav and Shmuel said, there's Laishna Nechasim Elu, Laishna Nechasai, towards the top of the Ahmed, right? They said, there's no difference if you say these possessions are my possessions. Rav and Shmuel are early on my Ram. Ask the Gemara, we have a Beferish, a Mishnah, that, uh, that, that uh, there certainly is a Nachkameen. All right. Says Gemara, you're right. You're right. That can't be, can't be the understanding of the Machlaikas. So rather, Ella, rather, says Gemara, bottom line, listen to this. Nobody's arguing. Everybody's getting along just fine and dandy. What do you mean? Rav and Shmuel say, once usher, always usher. Says Gemara, oh, that's where uh, once usher and always usher is where you say, it's talking of uh, is when uh, it's it's um, it's focusing on the possessions themselves. So then it won't make a difference who owns it. But ultimately, all the Gemara is what the Gemara is ending off with as a maskana is that Rav and Shmuel are coming to clarify one case, and Rabbi and Reish Talkers are coming to add the the other halacha. But everybody's in agreement. There's certainly. The halacha certainly is. If somebody says, I'm forbidding myself to benefit from your property, if that guy sells it or dies, you may benefit from it now. However, if you say, I will never benefit from this property, then we'll say, once it's usher, it's always going to be usher, no matter who the owner is. Period. Two dots. Gewaldik. All right. Next part of the mission. Mishnah says, during Shemitah, during Shemitah, the guy who took a vow prohibiting benefit is not allowed to walk down to his friend's field. Okay. Ask the Gemara, I don't understand. We said that um, if, if during, if, um, during Shemitah, Somebody prohibits the benefit. He cannot enter the field, but he can take fruits that are growing outside. You know, the fruits are growing inside. We said you could enjoy. Why? Because it's ownerless. It's Hefker. Aranami Afkara. The land of Shemitah also becomes Usr. So why are we not allowing this guy who took a vow during Shemitah, why are we not allowing him to enter the field, but we're allowing him to eat the fruits outside the field? Why are we permitting the benefit of the fruit outside as opposed to going in? To which the Gemara answers, Amarula Okay. That uh, we're dealing with 
uh, when it's unnecessary to go into the field, we're going to say you don't have to uh, go into the field. Okay? In other words, what Ula is saying is interesting. Ula is telling us a chiddush. And he says that the only heter to use the land is going to be if you actually need to go get the fruit. But if the fruit is hanging outside, then there's not going to be an iser. It's not going to be usher. Okay. Right. This is something we had earlier on, which is that we're cons- the reason why you can't enter, this is what Rabbi Ravinsky touched on this earlier, the reason why we don't want him entering the field is because granted, um, the land itself is ownerless. However, you're not allowed to go into the field unnecessarily. Okay? In other words, the Torah only makes the land ownerless. Here's a major lumdus. Ready for the Chiddush Gishmak? The Torah only makes everybody's field ownerless in as much as other people could go take their fruit. You can go get your stuff. However, can you go... Let me ask you, during Shemitah, can you go onto somebody else's property and build a home? And the guy says, you're building a home on the property? It's Hefker. But next year it's not going to be. I'll take it down at the end of the year. Can people start turning other people's fields into homeless camps? No. You're not allowed to. You're only a, during Shemitah. The only thing you're allowed to do is go to the field to, to have the ability to make use of the fruit, which is ownerless, because I have rights to this fruit, so go get it. But to start hanging out there and making it your new house every, uh, you know, every seven years to go uh, camp out, that you're not allowed to do. So Shimon al-Yakim says the reason why we don't allow the guy to enter the field during Shemitah. Again, what happened? The guy says, I'm forbidding benefit. Ruvay says, I'm forbidding benefit from Shimon. The Mishnah says, you cannot enter Shimon's field, but you could eat the fruit hanging outside. What's the explanation now? You cannot enter the field because you may come to stay there longer than necessary and transgress. But you could eat the fruit hanging outside because that fruit is hefker. Very sensible. Very logical. Gishmak. Okay. Next Mishnah. Let's get in uh, the next Mishnah. And there's a short Gemara also on the top of tomorrow's daf. So let's, let's get this all in. Zog the Mishnah. Again, same theme. Until we get to the end of the parak. Okay. Another couple of blocks. Here we go. A person who makes a vow forbidding benefit from his friend. Says the Mishnah, He's not allowed to borrow from him. I'm sorry. He can't lend him. And you can't borrow from him. Now this should bother us a little bit. Because again, it says in the beginning, You made a vow forbidding from your friend. The Mishnah doesn't is not clear whether it's a two way street here, and this is what the Gemara is going to struggle with. The Mishnah seems to be unclear. Like, am I only forbidding me to benefit from him? Are we? Am I forbidding benefit on each other? Are, are we both doing this? What happened? Okay. So, but let's just read the Mishnah at face value. The what the words say. So, a person makes a vow from his friend. I forbid benefit from you. Loyashilanu, I cannot lend to you. And I cannot borrow from you. Now the lending to you should be... What's the problem? Kumar will get into this. You cannot lend him any, any money. And you cannot borrow money. You also cannot have any sort of business transaction with this guy. Okay? So again, a person forbids benefit. The Mishnah says, whether it's lending things, 
whether it's lending money, whether it's involving yourself in, in any sort of uh, sales, all these things are usr. Zok the Gemara, top of tomorrow's daf to clarify, let's just uh, get to the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, listen, Bishlam Venu, I understand why whoever was forbidden to benefit cannot borrow the money. The Kamahani lay. By me borrowing money, I'm benefiting. But to lend the money, my Kamahani lay. What's the problem? I only, from the Mishnah, I only forbade myself to benefit. Me lending him is not benefiting me, it's benefiting him. What's the problem? Ubishlam, and now let's go to the next case. Ubishlam Menu, and it also makes sense why you're not allowed to borrow money, not to buy, to come on. Yeah? It's because you're gaining something. But to say that he's not allowed to borrow, what sort of benefit is there? Here the Gemara is asking that when you borrow money and you have to give back the same exact money, or if you, have to, if you borrow an item, you give back the same item. There's, there's no financial value. And we're understanding, it's a good question, saying, oh, there's, va- there's value. Benefit, or again, has to be a financial benefit. We learned that from the earlier Mishnayas. We're assuming benefit is, uh, is, something, uh, is something that you have a financial gain. If I'm giving you back the very same value, the very same thing you gave me, is that called a benefit? For example, like in the previous mission we had on yesterday, you're allowed to give him advice to help him heal his animal, right? I, it's benefiting him, but there's no financial gain over there. So, so we allowed it. So to over here, there's no real financial gain. So the two answers. It says, for example, Oh, so now there's Gishmak. Now there's clarifying. In our Mishnah, guess what happened? It wasn't a one-sided vow. It was... Both of them forbade benefit from each other. Two sides. And now that makes a lot of sense. Right? They forbade benefit from each other. Abayi says, He says, really, you don't even need to tell me that we're dealing, um, you don't need to tell me that we're dealing with a case where they each made an They're really only, we could say, where one of them forbade benefit. However, it's a decree. What's the decree? That if I'm for, forbidden to borrow from you because I made a nether, we're even going to say you can't lend it. Because once we allow loans to start going between the two, then uh, you, you may come to transgress. Hence, if you can't borrow, you can't lend either. That's going to be Abaye Svar. Now, Reb, uh, Reb Robert over here is, is, asking a good, is asking a good question. Robert's asking, isn't it a mitzvah to give money to a, what we call a gemach? Right, a, a, a free loan society over here. So in, in, what, in what context, Robert? It's certainly a mitzvah to lend somebody money, right? It says so, uh, it says so uh, explicitly in the, in the Torah. So uh, your, uh, is your question, how can you make a vow about that? Don't I get benefit? Don't I get benefit because I, I think it's not? Oh, excellent. So Robert's asking a starker question. He says... I'm getting, by lending some, by, if, what we're assuming in Abaye's answer is, I'm benefiting when I borrow, but I'm not benefiting when I lend. Ask Rabbi Robert, certainly you are. You're benefiting when you lend because you're getting Olam Haba. Yeah, you're getting Gan Eden. You're getting, uh, you're getting a mitzvah. You're getting closer to the Rabbi Nishlel. So of course that's benefit. So there's a rule, this is the answer. There's a, there's a rule that we say, which is mitzvah, mitzvos, 
lav lehonois nitnu. When it comes to a mitzvah, it's not considered a physical benefit from it. Mitzvahs are not do a benefit. Now, this is this is very important and very practical because what this means is I cannot ever benefit from your property without permission. However, the halacha states that to perform a mitzvah, since it's not called me benefiting, I'm actually allowed. So for example, if I walk into shul and I forget my talis at home, and there's a talis sitting on the table, since there's a mitzvah to put on a talis, I'm allowed to wear that talis without asking permission in that spot, because this way you're not going to lose it, as long as you handle it appropriately. If somebody else were to come in and be like, oh, it's stealing, I didn't steal, because I never benefited from your property. I was just doing a mitzvah that I, that I have a mitzvah to do. This applies to a talis. This applies to tefillin. This applies to holy books. If I have a sitter that, uh, in it with somebody's name, I'm allowed to use that sitter, as long as, again, I don't move it from its place. Sometimes some paiskim say you, you can move from place to place within the room, Right, as a, but there are paiskim who go so far as to say that sometimes you'll open up a book and it says Usr Bali Rishus. There's some paiskim that say that whoever wrote that has no right to write it. You can't you can't forbid me from using something. I, I, I'm not using it. I'm using it. I'm just doing a mitzvah. Now there's a, that's a whole conversation of itself, but that answers your that that. Uh, Answers the question of mitzvahs lav lehanis nitnu, and therefore it would be uh, therefore it would be allowed. All right, we'll hold it here for this evening. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.